Welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We hope you're blessed by this week's message. Well, good morning. So, um, one of the one of the things that uh, I like teaching on, or let me reword that a, a little bit. I like teaching on things that I have genuinely experienced in life myself. You can quite often tell when somebody is teaching theory, can't you? Yes. <laughs> Unproven theory. <laughs> and, uh, and, and people can teach theory and it, and it can sound really good, but there's something different when you have proven something in the crucible of real life living. And I think that one of the big problems um, with Christianity, with modern day Christianity, is that very often um, it is kind of like a, a flight from reality. It's like, I don't like the real world, and I don't like living in the real world, so let's find a make-believe world where there's unicorns, and everything's lovely, and rainbows, and and skittles falling out of them, and all of that kind of stuff, right? (laughs) And sometimes the Christian faith is even presented like that. And there is no place in the Bible that it says, if you become a Christian, you will no longer face any problems in life. No place that it says that. Now, I've heard some other people, maybe who are a little, got a bit of a chip in their shoulder or have become a bit cynical or something, saying the opposite. If you be, you think you've got problems now, just wait till you become a Christian. Then the devil will be after you. There is nowhere in the Bible that it says that either. There is nowhere that it says becoming a Christian will make your life easier or becoming a Christian will make your life harder. Becoming a Christian will forgive your sins. It will give you a relationship with God. It will give you the promise of everlasting life. It will give you God's presence here and now. It will give you access to wisdom with which you can solve your problems, but you'll still face, you're still a human being. You're not less of a human being who doesn't have problems. You're not more of one who has more problems. You're exactly the same as the, you're you're living in exactly the same world as everybody else is living living in. And uh, so, you know, if, uh, if, 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 uh, you're, if you've got children and you're not a Christian and uh, your children are struggling at school and their grades are failing, it's not like if you become a Christian, God sends a little fairy angel with a wand and all of a sudden you can testify, and overnight, miraculously, my children's grades went from an F to an A+. You know, that, that doesn't happen. Christian children have to study the same as non-Christian children have to study, right? <laughs> and Christian adults have to face problems in life the same way as non-Christian adults have to. But here's the thing. The Bible contains so many solutions to the problems that we face in life But very often we see our faith as an opportunity for us 
to abdicate personal responsibility and give it all to God. And so, and, and this is a bit like, I talk about this quite a lot because I come across this issue quite a lot in churches all over the world. I find out that there are lots of people, there are lots of people who have, they're nice people, they're good people, they're good Christians, they attend church, they love God, they love their neighbor, all of that kind of stuff, but they actually want God to solve all their problems for them so that they don't have to face any problems in life. In other words, they never want to be potty trained. They want God to change their diapers for the rest of their life. Right? They never want to learn to feed themselves. They want God to bottle feed them for the rest of their life. And like no parent has that ambition for their child. What's your ambition for your child? That they'll be totally helpless and dependent upon me for the rest of their life. No parent has that ambition. And God is the greatest parent of all. He is our loving, heavenly Father. And he ha His ambition for you is not that you are incapable of doing anything, and that you are just dependent on him solving all your problems for the rest of your life. Because if that was the case, if that was the case, if God was responsible for running your life for you, I actually said this last time I was here, but I'm gonna say it again. If God was responsible for running your life for you, when you died, when you die and go to heaven and see God face to face, if he was responsible for running your life for you, then he would be giving you an account of what he had done with your life. But you're going to give him an account for what you did with your life. Now, do you think there might be a clue there that that means that you're supposed to take personal responsibility for your life? And so a saying, again, I think I used this saying last time I was here, but I use it a lot, and if you, if you were in my church, you would know it off by heart. I use it all the time. And it's this. I didn't invent it. I don't know who invented it, but I like it. I like this saying, your life is God's gift to you. Amen. What you do with it is your gift back to him. So the question is, what are you going to do with your life? Are you going to take personal responsibility for the life that God has given you, and are you going to do something amazing with it? And if that is the case, if you want, if, if you feel like you are trapped, or you are stuck, or there are, there's something holding you back in life, and very often people have that feeling they feel like, I want to get ahead in life. I want to get ahead in my career. I want my marriage to improve. I want my, my family to blossom and flourish. Uh, I want my faith in God to grow. And there are so many things that I want to like take the next step forward in life, but I feel like I'm trapped. I feel like there are circumstances trapping me. I feel like there are things holding me back. And that is a very, very common experience. 
One of the things that people in the world suffer from frustration from is inside you have a bigger dream for your life, but the circumstances in your life are almost like a ball and chain holding you back, an anchor keeping you where you are. And you want to break through in life to a higher level, but you feel powerless to do so. You feel like it is circumstances, it is people, it is politicians, it is the culture, it is whatever it is, there are circumstances outside of your control that are stopping you doing the things that you feel in your heart you want to do in life. Now, has anybody ever had that feeling? Has anybody, give me a little wave if you've ever experienced that. The feeling of frustration that the outside world is not a reflection of the inside world and you can't get it to go there because there are things or people out with your control that are holding you back. That, that, that feeling can cause incredible frustration. And our culture and our society today would multiply that frustration even more by convincing you that everything you're unhappy with is something outside of your control. Of course you can't make it. You're a woman and it's the patriarchy. Of course you can't. Of of course a black person could never become president. Oh, but that happens, didn't it? You see, every, whatever it is, so like I, I and, and it's, I could actually give you six or seven more illustrations, but I gave two there and the room went silent. <laughs> because I just treaded on somebody's little toes, that was why. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take it away from North American culture. I come originally from Scotland in the United Kingdom. In Scotland, in the United Kingdom, Scottish people are the oppressed ones, okay? We are oppressed. We were the slaves, okay? We were mistreated by the English. Freedom, brave heart, all of this kind of stuff. (laughs) It was like freaking hundreds of years ago. But if I took you to Scotland, and I was brought up in this culture, if I t- and I used to have it myself. If I took you to Scotland, I could take you to poor areas where people are struggling, but, and you can ask them, why is it? It's because of the English, that's why. Oh, so no Scottish person has ever been successful. Oh, yes, they have. No Scottish person has ever been happy. Oh, there's lots that are happy. No Scottish person has ever managed to break... Of course, do you want to know where, so there may be, there may be some truth to all of these things. There may be some little truth to all of these things. There may be some circum, there may be people who are prejudiced against your race or against your gender or against your religion or against this or against that. All of that may be true. But are there people who have broken through that? Are there people who have broken through? Has there ever been a woman that's earned more money than a man for the same job? I mean, has that ever happened in history? Yes. Yes. Has there ever been a person 
A non-white person become president of the United States? Has that ever happened? Has there ever been a famous pop star like Rod Stewart who came from Scotland and made billions of dollars? Yes. <laughs> right? So there has, if somebody has done it, you can do it. Amen. Right? Amen. And if somebody did it without God's help, you can do it with God's help. Right? So today I am challenging you that if you want, my message is called breaking through to a higher level. Let's say that together. Breaking through to a higher level. Now you might have noticed that I put a little in my voice there. Because that's what breaking through means. It's not breaking through. That's not breaking through. <laughs> right? Let's read it. Come on, let's say it again. And let's say it. And you see how it's the mountain of faith that he's climbing? Do you see that? So can we say this with faith? Let's say it again. Come on, let's go. Breaking through to a higher level. I want to encourage and challenge every one of us today to break through to a higher level in life. Now, that could be in your career. That could be in your business. That could be in your family. That could be in your faith, in your relationship with God. That could be in, that could be in worship. You know, if you're one of these people that it's like, miracle worker, promise. <laughs> and today you're going to break through, miracle worker. You're going to pray, you're going to break. There's something liberating when you break through. Nobody, no one is stopping you praising God louder than you usually do. Nobody's stopping, except you, right? Now, so in any area of your life, whether it's financially, whether it's relationally, whether it's spiritually, um, whether it's emotionally, maybe you feel like you have suffered from traumas or wounds or upsets or whatever, and they're, they're holding you back in life. Today is the day to make a decision. I am going to break through every hindrance that is holding me back so that I feel liberated, so that this feeling of frustration, all the things I want to do, all the things I want to be, circumstances outside of my control are holding me back. Well, I've got news for you. The majority of those things are not outside of your control. I want to give you a quote. I don't have it on the screen, but it's by, I'm sure many of you have read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, very famous book, right? And he says this, he had this quote. He, he says, um, now let me, let me get it right, because I didn't write it down. Uh, the only thing that a human being has total control over is what they think. Fortunately, that is what controls everything else. Now, let's think about this again. The only thing a human being has control over is what they think. You don't have control over what I think. You don't have control over what I 
say or what I do or how I drive my car or anything like that. You don't have control over other people. You don't have control over the president. You don't have control over the economy. There are so many things that you don't have control over, but the only thing that you have total control over is what goes on inside your mind. You have control over that. I know sometimes people say, well, these thoughts come to me and I can't control them. Well, you can choose to take them or not take them right? Jesus said, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat and what shall we drink? Jesus said, look, worry, thoughts will come and thoughts will go. Just don't take them. Don't take them. Like the old saying is, you can't stop the birds flying over your head, but you can stop them making a nest in your hair, okay? You can't stop the thoughts coming, but you can let them go. You can say, I'm not taking that. I'm not thinking that. I'm not living like that. I'm not polluting my mind with that. I'm not allowing that to weigh me down. I'm not going to let those, be- those beliefs, those limiting beliefs enter into my life and hold me down. I'm going to break through. I'm going to break through to a higher level. The, I can't control what the economy does. I can't control this and I can't control that. But I can control this. And the good thing is, once I control this... Once I change the thoughts that I think, somehow it seems to change everything else in my life as well. Do you remember, I think it was two times ago I was here, remember when I had the bit of paper with the map of the world, and we ripped it up in the map, remember when the man is put back together, the whole world is put back together? Right, and so that is what I want to say today, that if you are going to break through to a higher level in life, the way to not do it is to strive and fuss with other people, with circumstances, and with the outside world. Don't do it. Don't do it. Even if what you're thinking is true, even if that person it doesn't like you, even if that organization is bigoted against you, even if that, that uh, hindrance is real, there is nothing you can do striving against outside circumstances. All that's going to do is create even more frustration within yourself frustration and anger and irritation, and then before you know it, you become like the very people that you, do, you, you think are holding you back, right? Yeah. If you want to break through to a higher level in life, the place that you need to get the breakthrough is inside. Amen. Is inside. You need to suddenly flip and get a change of perspective, a change of perspective. You know, to go back to my Scottish culture again, one of the things about my Scottish culture is that, you know, we blame the English for everything, and, um, but also, if anybody ever breaks out of the Scottish culture, if anybody ever breaks out of this limitation, all the other people criticize them. This is, like, this is like one of the most, co- if anybody's successful in any way, in any way, I, will gar- I would put money on it. I would bet you right now that if we went to Scotland and we found a group of people and they were talking about someone who was successful, I, would, I could bet money on it and I would win. <laughs> that those, I could tell you exactly the words those people would say, he's forgotten where he came from. Well, maybe where he came from was a place that you might want to forget. (laughs) Right? He's forgotten where he came from. That is so common. 
So I actually once uh, saw that there was someone, I, when, when I was in Scotland, I, I led a church that was much smaller than the church I lead now. And um, uh, someone from my old church had posted some video of my current church on social media. Oh, this is my old pastor. He's now in Canada. And they posted the video on social media. So I, and they tagged me, so I saw it. And then I looked at some of the comments. I just don't think it's right that he could leave Scotland and all of a sudden have a great big church. <laughs> what, I'm supposed to stay there and die with you? Is that? <laughs> and, and actually, I, it wasn't a great big church when I went there. You know, I worked hard for many years. <laughs> but that, that, you take that, and whether it's to do with nationality, like it is in the UK, it's to do with nationality, or whether it's to do with race, or whether it's to do with gender, or whether it's to do with religion, or whether it's to do with doctrinal beliefs, or whether it's to do with economic background, or culture, or whatever it is, you will be believing things, and believing them, whether they're true or not, believing them will be holding you back in life. You know, Jesus said that it's what, he didn't say it's what's true and what's not true that will affect your life. He said it's what you believe that will affect your life. According to your faith, so it will be unto you. If you, if you choose to, regardless of whether the circumstances are scientifically true or not, if you choose to believe something or not believe it, what you choose will have an effect on what you experience in life. Now, we just sang the chorus of that song there. What, he's a miracle worker, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. What if you were singing that and you'd been asking for a miracle for six months and it's not happened yet? And you're going to think, you know, he's not a miracle worker. What's going to get you a bigger breakthrough thinking, no, he's not a miracle worker? <laughs> or thinking, uh, agreeing with the words of the song, it doesn't matter if I feel it, it doesn't matter if I see it, it doesn't matter, none of that matters. What matters is the truth, and the truth is he is a miracle worker. And if you hold to that, if you can get the breakthrough on the inside, then eventually the breakthrough on the outside will come. I want to just I want to read a passage of Scripture to you. It's, it's a story from the Old Testament. And I want us to look at this, and then after this, I'm going to give you some points. I think it's four or five points about how to break through to a higher level in life. So let's have a look at this. It's 2 Samuel. We're going to put it up on the screen here, chapter 5. And it says this, When the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel... They went up to search for David, and David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Went down to where? Do you see that people were coming against him? People were attacking him. People were threatening him. And what was the first thing he did? He went down to the stronghold. Like the strong, he like, he retreated to a place. In fact, I always picture this as, you know, in one of the Lord of the Rings movies, is it Helm's Deep or something? Is that the one? That's what I picture the stronghold like, you know? And so he went down to the stronghold. Let's read on. 
The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines, and will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. We don't have time. To, like, If we had time, we could have read the whole chapter. And just a few verses before this, David had, also, David had been someplace else. And he prayed and said, Should I go against the Philistines? And the Lord said, No. But this time he said, Yes. Now, this gives me a clue. You're not called to fight every battle. You are not called to fight every battle, right? There are some battles that it is better just leaving alone. Choose your battles carefully. There are certain things that are priorities in life. Sometimes it's better to be happy than to be right. Hmm? Especially on Facebook. Sometimes it is better to have peace in your heart than to have given that person a piece of your mind. Okay? You are not called to fight every battle. Right? Inquire of the Lord. That's what prayer is about. You pray and you say, you, you pray about a situation and you pray about it and you pray about it. And sometimes you pray about it and you feel like, I don't even care about this anymore. Sometimes when you pray about something, there is an internal feeling that it's actually not even that important. Or sometimes, a, a, like a piece of wisdom suddenly comes to you and you think, yes, I know the solution to that problem. So he inquired of the Lord, yeah, go up, for I will doubtless. Doubtless is like the opposite of doubtful, isn't it? <laughs> There's less doubt. It's doubtless. This is coming to a place of belief, a place of faith. Faith is when you come to a place of absolute certainty about something, regardless of how things look. For I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. Let's read on. So David went to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Baal Perazim means Lord of the breakthrough. Okay? Lord of the breakthrough. And it says, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Like, I, I mean, that's like giving birth to a baby, you know? That's like, oh my goodness, I'm so uncomfortable, and, and I, oh, it's been nine months, and I'm like, I'm as hot as a, as a generator, of, you know, and I'm sleeping with the windows open and my poor husband is freezing to death and I'm complaining all the time and, and oh my goodness, there's been a breakthrough of water. Liberation is on its way, you know? <laughs> and so I'm going to be, I'm going to, that's why you call it delivering a baby. It's like being delivered. It's like deliverance ministry, you know? <laughs> something, <laughs> something has left you and you are now free. And so the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. You know the story of the dam and the little boy that had his finger in the, the dam hole? There's a, there's a dam that's holding back all the water. And if he takes his finger away, the whole 
thing is going to, you know, sometimes all it takes is one tiny little breakthrough in life. All it takes is one tiny little stream of water to get through for the whole dam to break open. And sometimes all it takes is one idea, one inspired thought in your life and, and it will challenge you, it might upset you, it might upset the, the, the way you're thinking, um, but then you realize that it's true, and then you, you kind of feed it, you go with it, and that one little inspired thought can have enough force behind it to break all the, the frustrating opposition that you feel like you're facing in life. The barrier, the glass ceiling, whatever it is, you have broken through it and you have reached a new level in life. Now, I want to take this story. David felt like, David was under an attack. Philistine, in the Bible, Philistines are bad dudes, okay? Philistines, bad people, unpleasant circumstances, hostility, warfare, antagonism, that was all coming against David. Even though it said David was anointed as king. Even though David was anointed, even though God loved him, even though God blessed him, he was facing opposition, he was facing antagonism, he was facing oppression, he was facing difficulties in life. And that did not mean that God didn't love him, that God hadn't blessed him, that he wasn't anointed. You're not, God loves you. You're a child of God. He has blessed you. He has anointed you with, with his spirit. But you might be frustrated in life. You might be facing opposition. You might be facing difficulties. You might be harassed. You might be intimidated by people or circumstances or the tax man or the debt collector or whatever it may be. You might have Philistines on your back. Number one, you're gonna have to go to the stronghold and deal with it in prayer. And when that happens, there will come the beginnings of a breakthrough in your life. You, you, it might only be a little stream. It might only be, you know, like, when I was, when I was younger, when I was a kid or a teenager, and, and I heard about pregnant women, and I heard, you know, people saying, oh, her water's broke. You know, I, I always thought it was like some gushing flood or something like that, you know? And then as I got older, I realized, you know, you might even miss it. It can be so small. And so, I, but nevertheless, it doesn't matter how small the breakthrough of water is. It could be tiny, but it's enough to get that baby shifted, right? And it might only be a little inspired thought, a little quickening of your faith, a little fresh insight into something, and it might seem like nothing, but it could be enough to, to get that baby born, that you're, to get that business started, to get your family saved, to, to see your kids delivered from drugs, to see whatever it is you're believing for. That baby's gonna be born because God has a plan and a destiny for you and all it needs is for inside for a little breakthrough to come. A, 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 little, a little tiny breakthrough can be enough on the inside to change everything on the outside. So let's have a look at some points here. Point number one, the strongholds we have to break are in our minds. Can you say that with me? Let's say it together. The strongholds we have to break are in our minds. 
Remember, David went to the stronghold. He went to Helm's Deep. Well, I want to tell you, you need to go to the stronghold. If you want a breakthrough in your life, you need to go to the stronghold, and that's where you and break it through. And the stronghold is in here. The stronghold is in your perception, is in the way you think. Now, I just didn't just make that up. I got it from the Bible, 2 Corinthians. Let's put it up, and I'll show you. It says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, right? They are not arguments, they're not debates, they're not forcing your will on other people. That's not what it all is. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish what? Now, where are these strongholds? He goes on. We demolish human reasonings and every argument that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. The strongholds that we have to break through are the strongholds in our mind. If you feel frustrated with life, stop fighting with life. Get away on your own in prayer. And in prayer within you, come to the stronghold like David did. And bring that stronghold, bring that thought, that belief, that limiting belief that you are deter stubbornly determined to hold on to. Right? Because I know I'm not a mind reader, but I know right, I know earlier on that some woman in the room was thinking, what does he know about the patriarchy and the glass ceiling? He's a man. He That's a stronghold you've got in your mind. It doesn't matter if I'm a man, a woman, or a chimpanzee. It's true anyway. It's true. It's a stronghold that you're holding in your mind. Now, you can be bitter for the rest of your life and use that as an excuse, or you can break through that limiting belief that you have. Okay? It's up to you. You can choose to break through that limiting belief. You can decide to demolish those human... Yeah, yeah, but I've got 14 reasons why what you're saying is not right. Yeah, human reasons. Yeah. <laughs> demolish them. Just demolish them. Yeah. <laughs> Pull them down. Every argument that sets itself up against it... Yes, I know that God says such and such, but some of you need a good kick in the butt. That's what you need. You've got so many buts in your mind. I know this, but. I know that, but. That's, a, that's an argument. And take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. People, the strongholds we have to break are in our mind. So number two, here's my second point. Higher level thinking produces higher level living. Let's say that together. Higher level thinking produces higher level living. Lots and lots of people want a bigger life, but the only way that you can have a bigger life is to become a bigger person, okay? Lots of people want a bigger life 
but they don't want to become bigger people. It's like, um, I, you know, I saw, I saw a, a, a trailer for a new TV show, I think it was on the History Channel or something like that, and it was the world's strongest man. And they had all of these, um, uh, like, strength trials from throughout the ages, from the Viking times and all the different times, and then we're going to get some of the world's strongest men today to see if they could lift all of these weights or like lift a stick that's got chairs in the end with like 14 people sitting on either side, and um, I suppose it all depends on how heavy the people are. We don't know how heavy the Vikings people were, but anyway, <laughs> they, they didn't have McDonald's and all that, so they might not have been the same weight, but anyway, and the guy was to lift up all these people. Now, I could look at that and I could say, I'd, I'd like to do that. <laughs> I want to carry greater weight in life. Well, I better become a stronger person first then, eh? You know? I mean, like, I would, I would get out of breath carrying my puppy up the stairs. <laughs> if I want to be the world's strongest man... I better start building muscle now and knowing that it will take time to get to where I want to be. So many Christians are spiritual and emotional and mental wimps. And they want a bigger, oh, I want a bigger life. I want a great career, and I want a worldwide ministry, and I want the most beautiful wife in the world, and the most perfectly behaved children in the world. And I want God to just dump it all on me, free of charge, even though no woman would touch me with a six-foot pole, and uh, I've got B.O., and, uh, and I, she, do you know what I mean? It's like, work on yourself, people. If you want a bigger life, you have to become a bigger person. If you want a higher level life, you have to have higher level thinking. Here's what it says in the book of Isaiah. Here's what God says. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, and my ways are beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. When you begin to say, I'm thinking the way humans think, I'm thinking limited thinking, but I am a child of the king, and I need to start thinking the way he thinks. If, you're, if you, listen, if your thoughts are heavy and they weigh you down, oh man, these thoughts are really heavy, they weigh me down, that's lower level thoughts. But if you're going about high, whoo, I'm high, man, whoo, and pe you're so high, people are saying, man, what, I don't know what he's been smoking, but I'm going to... There must be something, they must, they must be doing something and they're putting something in the communion wine at that church or something. I don't know what it is. But that guy's high all the time. He's high on life. He's high. He's excited. Why is that? Because he's thinking higher. Higher level living is the result of higher level thinking. Stop 
fussing and fighting with people, with your boss, with your pastor, with your spouse, with, with the president, with uh, the economy, with the bank manager. Stop fussing and fighting with people and things on the outside and change the only thing that you can change, what is going on in the inside. And if you can begin to lift your thoughts from lower level thinking to higher level thinking, and if you can consistently keep them there, sooner or later your life will catch up with it. And you will be strong enough to carry greater weight of responsibility in life than you've ever carried before. And it won't crush you, it won't destroy you, because spiritually you're the world's strongest man or woman in Jesus Christ because you've changed on the inside. Amen, church? Number three. Number three. You only grow to this level when you break through your threshold. You only grow to a higher level when you break through your threshold. Now, what does that mean? Psychologists tell us that everybody has a stress threshold. Everybody has a stress threshold. The amount of stress that you can cope with in life. Now, your stress threshold will be dependent on a, lots of different things. Some people have a very, very low stress threshold. They can only cope with a tiny bit of stress. And very often that is because of some trauma that they have had in the past. And if you, ha if you have had a trauma in the past, like maybe you were abused as a child or, or even later on in life. Maybe you were in some accident. Maybe, maybe you survived some vicious attack. You know, maybe you were sent to war and you witnessed things that horror. I mean, there's all kinds of things. But if you have a very low stress threshold because of a trauma that you've had in the past, we've got a name for that. Post-traumatic stress disorder. You have a stress disorder. What does that mean? You are not able to cope with stress. Why? Because you are now living post after a trauma. Now, there are lots of different levels of post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, we, instant, we would immediately think of very extreme traumas which have absolutely emotionally crippled somebody. But there can be, there can be smaller types of post-traumatic stress disorder. Like, if you were married and your spouse cheated on you and then left you and it broke your heart, you might find it difficult to open up to somebody in a, a, a new relationship. The thought of opening up to, opening your heart to anyone could cause you stress. So all of us have a stress threshold, some larger than others. But your, your, your life will never grow until you're able to cope with more things without being stressed. See, look, if you're the kind of person that I'm praying for this and I'm praying for that and I'm praying for this and I'm praying for that and I'm praying for this and I'm praying for that, what would happen if all those prayers got answered and you got all that stuff? Could you cope with them or would you have a breakdown? Could you actually cope with all that responsibility? Maybe it's a good thing to raise your 
stress threshold before you ask for more stuff in your life. Eh? And so you only grow when you break through your current stress threshold. And it's kind of like a rubber band. You know, you can pull it, pull it, pull it so far, and eventually it will snap. Now, you want your, your thoughts and your emotions and your internal world to be able to cope with big things when they happen without snapping and breaking. Look what it says in the next verse here. This comes from the book of Ezekiel. And Ezekiel here has a vision of this new temple, this glorious new temple that's going to be formed. It's not a temple made with stones. The Bible says we are now the temple of God. God doesn't live in a temple. He doesn't live in a church. He doesn't live in a synagogue. God lives in people, right? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. And he says here, then the glory of the Lord rose to the level of the threshold of the temple. If you're the temple and you're praying for God's glory to be in your life and God's glory to be in your church and God's blessings to come into your family and you're wanting more and more of the glory of God and the blessings of God, God wants to give them to you, but it can only rise to the level of your threshold. God will not give you things that are going to destroy you because you can't cope with them, right? So it's not that God's holding back, it's that you're not yet ready. And so the glory of God, the blessings of God, all the provisions and and abundance and goodness that God wants to give you, it can only rise to a certain level in your life. It can only rise to the level of your current threshold, what you can currently cope with. And the higher your threshold, the more you can cope with. But you have to be faithful in little and handle it well before you can be made ruler over much, you know? And so, like, if you're not even capable of looking after your one kid, you know, maybe you, shouldn't, you should give up that ambition to have 14 kids and counting or whatever it is until you're able to actually look after one properly, you know? If you can be faithful with hundred dollars, then you might get more. But like, if, the, this is, if as soon as you get your paycheck, you blow all at the local bar and at the local gambling place, maybe God's not going to answer that prayer to make you a multimillionaire, eh? Because you just, we you know what you're going to do with it. If you can deal with what you've got now in a quality way, it raises your ability to deal with more The glory of God in your life can only rise to the level of your threshold, what you can cope with. And so this is all about changing within. Now, what happens? What happens then once I change the way I think and I pull down, you know, I deal with all these negative beliefs and limiting beliefs and I raise my threshold and I'm inside I'm growing as a person. I'm becoming a bigger person. What happens then? Your life begins to overflow. And here's my next point. Your life is like a river. Your life is like a river. Sometimes, and this is a big problem in the Christian church, I see it all the time, people think that life is, a, is not a journey, it's a destination. It's like, 
here I am in life, here's all my problems in life, and I'm praying that I can get to here, that will be good, and then I'll stay here forever and ever. No, that's not what life is like. Even if you did get to here, you would be unsatisfied with here in a very short time. Because you are designed to journey through life, or to put it another way, life is like a river. I mean, doesn't the Bible call it the river of life? It doesn't say the river that gives life. It doesn't say the river that blesses your life. It's the river of life. The river is life. Life is a river. Life is always flowing on. It's taking turns and and moving on. It's always moving on. And if you can change the way you think in the inside and raise the threshold of what you can cope with in life, your life will overflow and it will take you places that you never dreamed possible. Look at what else, next scripture, what else Ezekiel says about this new temple. He says, I saw a river flowing from the door of the temple, and the water flowed out through the gateway. And wherever the river flows, fish will abound. Stagnant water will become fresh. You know, even other, when your life rises to a new level and you begin to overflow with goodness, even things in your life that were stagnant, maybe your marriage or maybe your career or or maybe your kids weren't getting on with your whatever, they're stagnant things in your life. It begins to affect everything else. But here's the thing. You used to try to change all those other things and all it caused was frustration. So you gave up trying to change those things and you changed the only thing you could change, you. And as you began to change, your life went to a whole new level and it overflowed and lo and behold, all those other things changed anyway. All those stagnant pools began to become fresh anyway. And it says, um, they will flourish and fruit-bearing trees will grow there and the fruit will be food and the leaves are for healing. In other words, when you change, everything else around you gradually begins to change as well. But when you try to change everything else around you, you just feel frustrated inside. And so the goal is, if you can, to use the words of Jesus, If you can stop trying to take the speck out of everybody else's eye and concentrate on taking the beam out of your own eye, if you stop trying to fix everybody else in the world and concentrate on your own personal and spiritual and emotional growth as a human being, if you concentrate on your own growth, do you know what happens? It changes everything else and it blesses everybody else as well. I know of so many broken and damaged people who want to do good in the world. They want to be missionaries or pastors or or nurses or whatever. They want to be a blessing in the world, but they're so broken themselves, they just take their brokenness everywhere and their chaos and their dysfunction everywhere they go. But if they could be healed first, if they would concentrate on themselves first, if they would change the only thing that they can change first, then they would end up being a blessing to everyone else, which brings me to my final point. Your best gift to the world is to become a bigger and better you. Your best gift to the world is to become a bigger and better you. You know the famous quote, I think it's Howard Thurman, it says, don't ask what the world needs, 
ask what makes you come alive because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Amen. Right? When you change, when you come alive, when your threshold is raised, when you, the, your stinking thinking is removed, when you are filled with faith, when you are filled with life, when you can cope with more, when you are overflowing, it, it's not a selfish thing. It doesn't just bless you. It blesses everybody. Every stagnant pool begins to become fresh. Your best gift, say this with me, your best gift to the world is to become a bigger and better you. Now, I want us all to stand up because I'm going to lead us in a, a, a prayer of affirmation together. And as we say this, some of the words we are about to say might contradict some of the current thinking in your mind. What we're doing right now is we're going to say the... Now, people, <clears throat> you're created in the image and likeness of God, correct? Do you have emotions? That's maybe an indication that God's got emotions, don't you think? Does God have emotions in the Bible? For instance, does God, can God get happy? The joy of the Lord is your strength. God can have joy. The peace of God that passes all understanding will fill your heart and mind. Okay. See, when we say this prayer of faith, this prayer of affirmation together, don't just like, can we put our emotions into it? Can you try and get a little glint in your eye? Like, oh, this could be possible. It could be possible. In fact, all things are possible. Amen. Could we get some joy in our voice and some determination in our body language? Are we ready? Are you ready? Yes. Okay, let's say this together. Right here and right now, right here and right now. I open myself up to God. I open myself up to God. Come and fill me afresh. Flood through my life like a river. Break through every stronghold in my mind. Cause me to expand, mature, and grow in every area of life. I believe it. I receive it. With God's help, I will achieve it. And I declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. Give him a praise. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's message. Pray that you experience God's presence and encouragement, grow in a healthy community, and influence your world. For more information, contact newhopecom.org.